Hello and welcome to another episode of Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. My name is Fernanda. I am here with Dr. Linda Marquez. We have no guests today. We have, however, an information-packed podcast prepared for you today because today it's all about the brain. We all have a brain. We all use our brains basically from the moment that we are born and even before to the moment we die. So today's topic, it's all about how to make our brains better. Super excited about the topic. Dr. Linda, how are you doing today? Hello, I am doing great. Happy Wednesday. I always look forward to our time together here because we it's our time to catch up. We're both so busy with our schedules. that mm-hmm. We have a few minutes to chat before and after the podcast. But yes, today's topic, of course, um, it's going to be, I think, one of the most important, even though I know we tend to say that a lot. <laughs> However, it really is because it does impact every single person, no matter what age from birth until the end of life. So I really think that uh, people are going to find this interesting, lots of applicable um, tools that they can use and what they can start doing now at such a young age. Right, right. And Dr. Lin, what do you think if we start with like the very basic, what is cognitive function, right? We're talking about how to improve our brains and what we think, when we think in terms of brains, we think that our brains think, right? Our brains process the information that we gather, all of the sensory information that we encounter. And uh, there is this multiple areas of the brain that engage for basically everything that is related to function, body function and processing information and everything. So when we're talking just about cognitive function, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Pretty much what we're doing on a daily basis, everything from thinking, I always say from thinking how we um, how we look at life. There's a doctor, uh, the name escapes me right now. She's uh, from South Africa. I know that you know, she's got this, she speaks really, really fast too. The name escapes me right now. She talks about how the brain and the mind are interconnected. And we talk so much about the mind, but they are interconnected, even though, you know, we think of brain, we just think of, oh, how we're, you know, kind of just thoughts, but, but they are, are interconnected. And when I think about the brain, the brain really is like the CEO of the entire body, because it does impact every single organ system in the body. And if that's not working properly, then everything else is going to slow down in the body. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I explain it to patients. It's just like your brain impacts everything in your body. And mm-hmm. so and and you know, we can get into the details how even why some women have more issues with uh, with, with the brain than men. And, it's, and I find that very fascinating. Mm-hmm. But also, aside from thinking, and when we're talking just about cognitive functions, we, we got to think that our brain is the one that holds the memories, right, as well. Mm-hmm. Long-term memories, short-term memories, from remembering what you had for breakfast this morning to, you know, the age of your kids or when, you know, the first kiss or whatever it is, any type of memories, as well mm-hmm. as recalling those memories, right? You're able to recall those memories in an instant. And many times we don't even think about it. Also problem solving, 
when you're in a situation and you're like, okay, let me think, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? That's your brain functioning to try to solve that problem, right? Find that solution for you. <clears throat> so any type of those skills, uh, imagination, right? And in thinking about um, learning, when you're reading a book, and you are able to remember what you're reading and when you're able to process what you're reading. So you're you're reading just words, but you're processing what the book is actually communicating with you. So actually learning and also attention when you're able to pay attention to the book that you're reading and when you're able to pay attention to, for instance, us talking today and you're able to process what we're communicating with you so you understand what we're saying. So all of that is uh, really brain functions. So if our brain is not working better, it's not just physically that we get affected because everything's connected, like the sea of the brain, but also our ability to learn, our ability to memorize, to recall, to think, to process, to make decisions. Yeah, and it, it never shuts off. It never Your brain does. is working 24-7. And, and you know, as we get into this, uh, it's even more active at nighttime. Most people think that, oh, things are shutting down at night. But, uh, you know, it's like, no, your brain is probably more active at night than you think. Mm -hmm. So you want to share a little bit about some of the statistics of how, you know, of what's really relevant today from Alzheimer's, dementia, learning, <clears throat> excuse me, learning disability with kids and so forth. Yes, of course. So we have some stabilities or some statistics one in eight seniors right now have Alzheimer's. One in eight children are diagnosed with a brain development disorder, such as autism, ADD, ADHD. Antidepressants are the second most prescribed drugs in the country. This is mind-blowing to me, especially because antidepressants have been shown by multiple studies to not be effective more than 2% of the time. <laughs> Dementia is now more feared than heart disease, cancer by older Americans. And the only way to confirm that you have dementia is really by autopsy. Mm -hmm. But furthermore, um, people with cognitive decline and cognitive decline, once again, is not being able to perform those activities of cognitive function that we explained just a little while ago. Between the ages of 65 to 69, about 8% of people suffer from cognitive decline, 75 to 79 about 15% of people between the ages of 80 to 84, about 25% of people, and then 85 and up, it's 37% of people. And I have my own assumptions, I would say, or um, ideas as of why it increases as we age, uh, aside from just blaming it on age, but and, and we'll get into it a little bit later, and I would love to hear what you think about that as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, I, a lot of I, I love all those numbers, how you're making aware to, you know, to the to the listeners, because it is important that, you know, we sometimes just ignore things. And that's what we're very um, a lot of us is like, I just don't want to see it. Let's just kind of, you know, sweep it under the carpet. It's like, mm -hmm. no, this is something that you really need to be aware of, because when you have a loved one, especially that is being impacted both in, in whether it's a child that's, that's autistic, that's having difficulties, challenges at school, that's being teased, or you have an older person, they have an entire personality change as a result of their you know, brain health has declined. It impacts the entire family. We can't just say, oh, 
oh, that's their problem. No, it's just not their problem. It's everyone's problem. And, uh-huh. you know, the, the numbers are scary. And, you know, some, some interesting information, you know, we were sharing this before the podcast that, you know, I've been out doing so much speaking and not as much like the last year and a half, two years because of COVID and just because of the move now, I'm in a different state. However, I did so many seminars on on different health topics from sleep to brain to hormones, weight loss, thyroid. And this was one that was very well attended, the one on, on, we called it Brain Matters. And what was interesting, it just wasn't the older people. There were a lot of younger people that were at the seminar, but, you know, I was just trying to give them a little bit of information to say, you know, your brain is important. It weighs about three pounds. It has this consistency of, you know, what tofu feels like. <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. And you and I, when we were in school, we, we got to dissect the brain, which I found was just fascinating. I would love to do that again because that was 20 some years ago. And the weight of your brain is 2% of the to- of your total body weight. And it uses 20% of the oxygen and blood in your body. So that's a lot, 20%. And the other interesting thing is that at the age of two, you have more brain cells than at any other age. And so it's, it's, I love watching the, the little ones. And when we were uh, helping at the church and ministry, I loved watching the little kids because their imagination was incredible. And they had, they had no limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. At the age of two, anything was possible. And that's a lesson for us as adults, because that's what holds us back in life a lot is our limiting beliefs of we can't do that. And, and kids, they fall down and they want to learn how to walk. No one's saying you can't do that. That doesn't, it's not even entertained in their minds. So I think just the fact of remembering that, hey, at two years old, they have like, they have a lot going on, but um other things, some other interesting interesting um, statistics is the brain takes the longest to form and to, uh, and to grow and develop than any other um, organ in the body, but it also goes through the most changes. And there's no pain receptors in the brain, so it, it doesn't feel pain. So it's quite interesting. You know, there's just, just a few facts about the brain. I don't know if you wanted to add a few things to that. Uh, I think you did a pretty good job about explaining the, the facts. And what I find interesting, and just to kind of make it a point again that you just mentioned, is it's only 2% of our body weight. However, it uses 20% of the oxygen. And that is because, like you said, it never stops functioning. It's yeah. always working, no matter if we're sleeping, if we're awake, no matter if we're resting, no matter if we are daydreaming, no matter what we're doing, really, the, the, the brain never stops and so that's why it's constantly using oxygen. And when we are perhaps in a situation when we are lacking oxygen in our brain or in our body, actually, like when we have low oxygen levels, our brain definitely suffers the effects. That's why a lot of people get confused or that they get dizzy or they get lightheaded or they get um, a little bit of, uh, yeah, mainly confusion when there is something like, when they're hyperventilating or when something's going on with the oxygen, it's not necessarily when it needs to be and they cannot think as clearly or they are kind of foggy because mm-hmm. you are taking a, a percentage, as a, you know, whatever percentage it is from 20% of the required necessary amount of oxygen that the, but the brain needs to function. So mm-hmm. that is 
to me, that is amazing, right? That statistic itself, it's like, wow, 20%. Really. <laughs> Yeah. Um, now, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the causes of cognitive decline, um, because we, you know, we can talk a, a lot about, you know, what, what it is and everything else, but what, what really are the causes? And mm -hmm. what I want to mention is that some of those causes are pretty obvious, but some of those causes may not be as obvious. Mm -hmm. And some of it would be like heavy drinking. Alcoholics have a higher... Uh, risk of the developing, you know, mental decline and mm -hmm. uh, uncontrolled toxic chemicals. So, mm -hmm. if, I mean, uh, uncontrolled toxic chemicals. So, if you are in a situation where there is a lot of air pollution, if you are in a situation mm -hmm. when you're exposed to toxic chemicals, that is going to have an impact in your brain. How is your water? Is your water full of lead, like mm -hmm. the case in Michigan, right? So, all of those factors influence your brain health as well mm -hmm. as chronic health disorders. We never really associate or put, a lot of people don't put one and one together, but people that have diabetes, people with chronic cardiovascular diseases, people with mm -hmm. sleep apnea, all of those chronic conditions eventually add up to inflammation in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And also they can also contribute with low oxygen levels, which impact the function of the brain. Uh, something else is depression. Uh, it can mm -hmm. impact our cognitive brain uh, functions, as well as even infections. So the infections can have an impact in the brain and it can also resolve fully once the infection is treated and goes away, but it can have a, a, a transient or a, a limited effect in the, in the brain, as well as side effects from the medications. Mm -hmm. Depending on the medications that we're taking, it can have an effect on our, on, on our cognitive abilities within our brain. Um, lack of exercise, lifestyle, it's huge, right? So lack mm -hmm. of exercise and stress. I cannot say this enough, and we've mentioned it, I think, every single week. Stress, stress, stress keeps yeah. coming up. That is why it's because it's very important. Stress yeah. uh, causes cortisol, and we're going to go a little bit more about hormones, but it causes cortisol, and cortisol over time ca causes chronic inflammation, and that causes uh, problems all over your body, but also within the brain. And um, what else? Diet, right? If we're not eating a good mm -hmm. diet, it, we are affecting our first brain and our second brain, which is our gut. Um, trying to think if I am leaving anything out, Dr. Linda, I'm sure you have more things to add as far as coffee. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, as everything that you mentioned, the core, and especially with chronic the chronic disease, what is the core, what is the cause of chronic disease? They, what, they all have in common. You talk about heart disease, you talk about diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, autoimmune condition. Those are all chronic conditions. And the roots, the root cause of them are inflammation. And when your body's inflamed, if, if your body's inflamed, your brain's going to be inflamed. When the body is inflamed, you have that continuous release of cortisol, which we talked about. Cortisol also impacts different parts of the brain, like the amygdala, hippocampus, which impacts um, fear. It impacts memory. It impacts your ability to, uh, to respond in a logical manner. All those are, are mental conditions, but we... We are afraid to use that word. It's like mental health, but it is mental health is brain health. So let's talk about, okay, 
mental problems. They're not mental problems, they're brain problems. And if we looked at it, we all have brain problems, we but we all have the opportunity to fix those brain problems and their challenges. One that's really interesting that, that we are exposed to on a daily basis, and you know, talked about like even like chronic exposure, especially people that are in a work environment where there's a lot of um, contamination, there was mold. Mold will impact your brain and gut and most, that is probably one of the last things that doctors will ever look at. And they think you're crazy because you're not gonna pick that up on blood tests. And they, you really have to be a good detective. And, and that's what I love about the work that I do because in functional medicine, it's like we really are being detectives to find out what's the cause behind the cause. And they're like, the doctors have run all these tests. And, and, and then I'm like, okay, well, what about mold? What about environmental toxins? What about what's in your mouth? That you, what, you know, your teeth, your feelings, that's something that impacts the brain. Because think about this, every time that you're biting down, and if you just Google smoking tooth, you will see that it's like you're biting down. It's just like you're getting a, a reaction, gas reaction. And where do you think it's going? It's going up, impacting the brain. And even everything from like dry cleaning. When you look at people get the dry cleaning, what's in their uh, upholstery, um, tetrachloroethylene is, is one of the um, components in that. And that, there's so many studies that show that it impacts the brain. Fire retardants and carpets and even in baby clothes, baby blankets. So it's like we're being exposed to this at such a young age. And it, it's so frustrating because people are not aware of this, but that's why you and I are doing you know, we're trying to bring the message to people, bring in awareness, and that once they're aware, they can at least start making the changes. I think we we covered a lot of you know, like the, like the obvious of the alcohol, the um, the smoking. There's a wonderful books and um, any uh, he talks about this Dr. Amen, and is very well known as the brain doctor because of all the scans that he's done. But I always remember him talking about ants, any negative thoughts. The, the negative thoughts impact cortisol, which impact the brain. And you and I have studied the brain so much. And we talk about how your thoughts are powerful and your words or spells. He has this new book out and it's called Your Brain is Always Listening. <laughs> is that great or what? I'm your brain is always listening. <laughs> And it is in whatever you 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 are thinking, it's like your body is listening. Your brain is listening. There's that brain body connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have been literally, like you said, navigating into these um whole new arena of, you know, psychoneuroimmunology and epigenetics and all of these different areas that have been going on for years and years and years, but are now be becoming more common, uh, common knowledge, I would say, with people that are like Dr. Jolie Spence and Dr. Bruce Lipton and some other the other ones that are kind of just going out there and, and speaking that truth. And really the reality is that everything that we think affects how we feel and how you feel affects everything in your body from your hormone reactions, once again, activating cortisol. And the reality is that your body, your brain doesn't know the difference between if it's a real threat, like you are being chased by a lion or you are literally just stressing out over, you know, a little 
water on your floor that was that was you know <laughs> in the floor so the reaction that we're having in our bodies is the same because the hormonal reaction is the same you're releasing cortisol and the body's preparing for like saving your life and yet it's only mm -hmm. a matter of grabbing a cloth and cleaning the floor right but but our bodies don't know that and that's why well, we have we to are... wait fernanda <laughs> or we have to <laughs> wait like a minute longer for a coffee or something right right <laughs> <laughs> but really the, the reality is that we get so worked up over waiting an extra minute or somebody cutting us in line or you know mm -hmm. it's, it's stuff that really in the in the realm of things it's so little yet it's massive what's happening inside our bodies so think about this outside little inside it's a massive reaction that it's that it's being caused and so when that reaction is caused and it doesn't happen once a day it happens multiple times a day because you have multiple triggers every single day throughout mm -hmm. the day at home in your you know as you're driving in your office with your coworkers people at the grocery store etc cetera, etc cetera. so as you encounter those multiple triggers and you are having that reaction multiple times and then the cortisol reaction or the cortisol is being released and it becomes chronically, literally chronically released in your body, which causes that inflammation and causes really system breakdown throughout. And that massive, massive, massive reaction that happens in the brain. So one of the major things that I would say it's one of the major contributors of brain decline and, and for our brains to not function appropriately is stress. Mm -hmm. 100% and we're, we're so we stress that to people that stress and try to give people strategies one interesting thing you were you were talking about when we, we get upset about things and I always tell people it's not worth it because what happens is it, during that cortisol response you what happens is there is the blood flow bypasses the frontal cortex, the front part of the brain, which is all um, logic, like, you know, very logical. And it goes back to the back part of the brain, but which is more instinctive survival. And when it bypasses that and something happens and you're stressed out, you do something that you're not even aware of. It's such a stupid decision because you got upset in that moment. You were stressed out in that moment. That's why you don't ever want to make a decision when your emotions are high, because when your emotions are high, intelligence is low and, and vice versa. And I think it's really important uh, that, that people are aware of that. And let's talk a little bit about how do we know if we have a degenerating brain? Well, some of the, the obvious, we, we gave some, um, some of the causes, but the number one thing that you want to look at is if you're, if you're getting blood workup done is, are you anemic? And not only just looking at, at iron levels, you want to look at stored iron levels. You want to look at iron levels, TIBC. That also will give you an indication. You also want to look at uh, hemoglobin, um, um, so uh, the CBC. And, and so you want to make sure that those numbers are at the top of the healthy range. So, you know, a person that is anemic, that's one thing. Um, another one is when there's any type of um, decreased blood flow to the body and when their people have like low blood pressure. What do you think is happening when we have low blood pressure? We're not getting enough oxygen to the brain and we're slow, slow, slow. And the oxygen saturation levels are, are, are another one. 
And you were mentioning something about, uh, about um, you know, even gut and digestion. So you want to share a little bit about that and how even that impacts our, um, how that's giving us a clue that something's just not right. Absolutely. And talking about going back a little bit to blood tests, because it's important. The CBC, like you mentioned, iron studies is very important. Vitamin B12, very important, as well as thyroid, thyroid disorders. So we've talked and we've had actually podcasts in about thyroid, only thyroid, very important for brain function as well. So it's not, and of course, what we talked about that causes inflammation, all of these chronic medical conditions. So if anything is abnormal, not just say, well, I have diabetes and that's it, but what's causing it? What's at the base of it? What's Mm -hmm. the root of the problem? Because if you have diabetes, it's because of something. It, It doesn't just come up or it doesn't just happen out of nowhere. So look at the root of the problem that don't just settle for a diagnosis. Because if you're just looking at a diagnosis, then you would never be able to really get to the bottom or find the, the solution. But if you're going to the root of the problem and you're able to fix the root of the problem, you most likely will be able to find the solution to whatever medical condition that you are at the moment suffering or dealing with. So I just wanted to say that. Now about the the gut-brain connection, we've talked about it before. It is our second brain. The gut is our second brain. It's directly connected. If you are ever anxious, you would notice that you immediately have like a, you know, like diarrhea or something that, and it happens immediately automatically because they're like connected. Um, and, And really anything that we're eating is impacting also the way that we think. If we're eating healthy foods, if we're eating a lot of greens, if we're eating a lot of fruits, if we're eating a lot of um, good protein, if we're eating a lot of, if we're drinking a lot of water, then that that's also having an impact in not just our overall health, but also the way that we think. If we're eating things that are processed, if we're eating a lot of sugars, if we're eating a lot of unhealthy foods, then that's also impacting our ability to think. We're thinking foggy, we're, we're confused, we're finding that we really don't have, you know, our memories failing and we're thinking, oh my God, I'm having memory problems. No, you're eating the wrong things. So really yes. the way that, the, what you put in your mouth has a direct connection to how you feel, not only in your body, but also how you think. A lot of people don't make th- that connection, but really there is a, a significant connection between your food, healthy foods equals happy, healthy thoughts. <laughs> and likewise, right? Unhealthy foods lead to fogginess and, and lack, lack of clarity in your thinking as well. And you know, it's, I, I love what you said about the, the food part, but I wanted to, to mention something about something that maybe even if someone doesn't uh, go and get blood tests done, but something really obvious as we were talking about, you know, memory is and we talked a little bit about this last week with our previous guest is if you're not eliminating every day, if you're not going to the bathroom and, and pooping every single day, if there's a decrease in motility and you're constipated, that's a good sign that you've got some, some underlying brain condition going on um, as a result of the lack of motility and not, and not digesting and moving because of that whole brain gut connection. So that's really important for people to know. And, and you and I are believers that we need to test and not guess. 
you know, it's like taking your vehicle to the car and the mechanics, like you, you drive up and like, can you tell me what's wrong with this? And, and you just want him to listen, <laughs> but you never have him pop up the hood or nowadays with a lot of the, the newer vehicles, they, they hook it up to a machine to, um, as a diagnostic test, which mm -hmm. for us, our diagnostic tests are lab tests, hormone tests, um, GI tests, uh, DNA tests. There, there, we have more modalities and we actually have more tools to work with nowadays. And however, I think it's really important that we don't overlook that and most people just want, oh, let me just take a vitamin for that or let me just take a pill for that. That's not the solution. It's really about, as you mentioned earlier, let's get to the let's get to the root cause. So let's give them some examples of, you know, how can we actually make our brain better? Because that's the whole reason, you know, we're doing this, you know, this podcast today is how can we make our brain better? Yeah. So just like we've said everything that causes a, a problem or a challenge with cognitive and um, brain health and brain function, it's totally the opposite, right? So a healthy mm -hmm. diet is very important. So what you're putting in your mouth significantly, significantly matters, as well as exercise. If you're moving, if you're staying active, if you are uh, walking every single day or doing some sort of exercise every single day, if you are, you know, the, the more active you are, the healthier you would be and the the healthier your brain function would be as well. And of course, it would be also decreasing the, the likelihood of you developing other chronic medical, chronic medical conditions that happen from immobility and staying inactive as well. Mm -hmm. Sleep, very important for health, overall health, brain health as well. So if you're sleeping well, how good is your sleep? How many hours of sleep do you get? How regular is your sleep? Do you go to sleep one day at 7 p.m. and then the next day at 11 p.m. and then do you get three hours and then six hours? Are you always jet lagged, et cetera, et cetera? So how regular is your sleep? That matters tremendously. Mental stimulation is huge. So yeah. are you Let reading me add something about, about sleep really quick for now, because I want people to, that's the number one thing that people can really change. It does not cost them a thing. Sometimes they'll say, well, I don't have enough. I don't have a lot of money to spend on good food or I can't go in and join a gym. You don't need to spend money on sleep because what happens during sleep, there's a there's a part of the there's a part of the brain called the glymphatic system, which what's happening is it's like your detox cleansing of the brain is happening at nighttime. And that's so important. And if as, as you mentioned, if you're following a sleep pattern, it also allows for your body to uh, for for memory for what you learned that day, you get to grasp that much, much easier. So it's really important, of course, fat burning, anti-aging, um, immune enhancing uh, is going on during that time of sleep and that whole glymphatic process. So I just wanted to mention that. And also you had mentioned about exercise is important. Walking, I think is great. And, and even uh, there's a couple metrics that you can use for to see how your sleep is improving and how an and exercise for sleep there's you can on your phone, you can or, or get in the aura ring, you can track the quality of your sleep. There's different apps that you can use as far as exercise. The best exercise is going to be walking is great. 
but the best exercise is like fast, slow, fast, slow, and anything that's using your entire body. So if you're out there, even jumping jacks and even half jacks, if, if, as you get older and you're like, well, my knees hurt, my, you know, my joints are bothering me. Okay, then do half jacks. It's just bring your arms up and down, up and down and, and sweat a little bit and, and do it in little segments. Just get the heart rate up, bring it down, heart rate up, bring it. That is more more effective because of the BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. We have talked about this in other podcasts about it's like fertilizer for the brain. So I just kind of wanted to mention that in there. Great. No, and and it's a great point, uh, Dr. Linda. Thank you so much. As well as brain stimulation. So when you are, right, puzzles, playing chess, reading every single day, learning a new instrument, you know, it, age doesn't matter when you're learning something, right? Or learning a new language or learning something, right? Uh, enrolling in, I don't know, crochet, <laughs> something that is going to teach you something that you didn't know before, that it's going to make you create new uh, connections in your brain. So stimulation, mental stimulation, uh, playing a board game, um, anything like that, it's going to be really beneficial for brain health. One of the main things that I have learned uh, and have been proven in multiple, multiple, multiple studies is the importance of social interactions, though. Yes. And I have a personal, actually, I have a personal story with that. My grandma was living in Colombia and she had very limited social interaction for about five years. Now, she was physically as healthy as a 20-year-old. She had nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with her physically. She never took a pill in her life. She was walking all over the place. She was always um, cooking and cleaning and doing things for herself, but she didn't have a lot of social interaction. She was in Colombia by herself, basically. When Mm -hmm. we were finally able to bring her to the States after about five years, she lost her ability to communicate. And she started developing Mm -hmm. dementia. And then she ended up passing away a couple a couple years later. So the mm. social interaction, and that led me to look up the, the importance of sh- social interaction, mm-hmm. and it's significant. And not only for brain health, but for overall health. When you have a good good circle of people that you are that you love, that you trust, that that you have fun with, that you can engage with, that you are, you know, interacting in one way or another with, it's going to promote a better health, overall health for you, especially brain health as well. So that is such an important, important part of brain health, having that circle of friends or circle of people, your circle of, uh, you know, people that you trust, that you can talk to, that you can communicate, that you can uh, call every day or not every day, but you can call, you can engage with. Very, very important. Like uh, thank you for, sh- yeah, thank you for sharing that. You're so right. And it, it, the community, as you were saying, community and having that social structure. In, and, you know, Frank, I don't think that we had a lot of these issues Years ago when, and I know in a lot of the uh, Latin countries and Italians and even the Asians, pretty much everywhere except for the American culture, a lot of the families lived in the same block. They, mm-hmm. in, in the house next door, this is where grandma lived. Next door was the, the uncle, the aunt, the great grandma. And they always had that community. So they had that built-in community. And it's not the same Zoom. It's not the same you and I being in person that than it is, you know, via Zoom right now. 
and community is really important because it also gives you a purpose for life. And when you have that purpose, you have that excitement, like you want to do better. And when you want to do better, what do you do? You want to learn more. And so that's just stimulation for the brain. So I, I could see that how that would even, you know, impact our family. And it's important for us to reach out and get together with our family. And I am so glad that we are, we're over this, uh, th this lockdown. And I think that was the worst thing for us was to stay confined in our homes. But one of the good things is this came out of it, you and I got to connect. So that's a and, and they can go back and listen to, to some of that, uh, our story uh, regarding that. You were also mentioning, uh, um, you mentioned a community, but um, even food. And I wanna just list like some superfoods really quick. One, I would say like blueberries because of the antioxidants and they're, they're like scavengers that go in and clean up all the bad guys. Curcumin is another one because it activates what's called the NRF2 pathway. And in that's up to like you take a gram a day. And the reason that works so well is because one, it is neuroprotective. Number two, it down regulates inflammation. And we were talking about how inflammation is the root cause of cognitive decline. So it's really important that you, you add those foods, fish oils. I'm such a big I'm a, um, proponent of fish oil. I take it daily. And a lot of people sometimes don't understand there's a combination of the EPA and the DHA. And if you take one gram like three times a day with the DHA, which is more brain specific, within a week, you will see the difference. I've seen this in patient after patient after patient that when they take high dosages for the week, then we have them um, decrease it. They do amazing resveratrol as well because of the anti-inflammatory effect, um, NRF2 pathways, um, 500 milligrams a day, and even probiotics for the gut, MCT oil because of the ketones and the brain's alternative um, fuel source for that. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there. Oh yeah, and dark chocolate. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so I'm sure you're going to like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And um, yeah, and, and the one thing also that I want to mention, because it's important, and we've mentioned it a couple of times already during the podcast, but now as a strategy, is finding strategies to reduce stress. So yes. whether that is having a friend that you can call whenever you're feeling stressed out so they can, you know, maybe distract you or whatever, breathing exercises breathing mm -hmm. is super fast and it can help you change your mood and it can help you change your state of mind very very quick we've had podcasts on breathing breath work mm -hmm. as well as meditation meditation we've talked about meditation before uh practicing mindfulness practicing um visualization practicing yes. exercise exercise can help you with stress reduction so whatever it is and you don't have to do all of them you can pick the one thing, the, the things that work for you, the things that are doable for you, but pick something that when you're feeling stressed out, you say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to take 10 breaths right now because this person cut me in the line right now. And just 10 breaths, it's your health versus getting worked up over something that really a lot of times you don't have any control, especially if you're driving and you're getting, you know, somebody just goes in front of you. You don't have any control <laughs> over that, but you have control over how you react. So finding the ways that you can do to reduce stress, you know, taking a bath, 
music music is a huge one i think for a lot of people right playing something nice getting up and getting active moving anything like that so finding whatever works for you but when you're feeling stressed out it's not about never feeling stressed out i think a lot of very few people would be able to master the art never getting worked mm -hmm. up over anything but it's being aware that it's happening right raising your awareness becoming more mindful and then when you realize that it's happening then do something to, to change, do change, do something yes. to change your state of mind. Absolutely. Stress management is huge. And <clears throat> I know we've talked about this in the past, but also a couple, a couple other strategies I wanted to mention because I had told people I was going to mention something else, but visualization can also be a form of stress management and actually having goals. And I know that you and I have talked about this and you do a lot of visualization, just visualization because it's activating uh, pathways in the brain. So that actually becomes, you can bring that into fruition just by visualizing. Athletes do this and they practice it and practice. And if you see even a lot of the Olympians, they practice it in their mind. However, the way that it's even increased and you increase the success by 45% is actually by putting some movement in it. So if you're visualizing closing your eyes, and let's just say that you're, I don't know, imagining your, your, your new home, you close your eyes and you start moving your arms like you're walking in place and, or you're standing in your kitchen with your arms uh, at your waist like this and like, wow, I really like this kitchen or, or something. But when you just put action and you put movement into it, it increases it by up to 45% of seeing that success. And I have a young, a young daughter that I always tell her in tennis because she plays tennis and it's like visualization, visualization, but also see the movement, put your hand up, just doing that increases it by 45%. And I know you're such a believer with that as well, but that is going to be huge. And one other thing, um, fasting. Fasting, it, it does so much. Dr. Um, Dr. Fung, Jason Fung has a lot of information on fasting. Dr. Perlmutter, who wrote, uh, I believe it's called Green Brain. And those are, we didn't even get into others about the brain, but we have a whole ebook where people can download it and get more information. But fasting, doing a 16-8 fast, 16 hours, no food, just lots of water and compressed eating window at eight or doing a 24 hour fast. If it's once a week, twice a month, whatever, that also allows for cleansing of the brain and that whole lymphatic system as well. So I just kind of wanted to throw that in there because I know our time's running out. We, we can talk about this yeah, for hours. We, we can, absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Linda, can you give us more information about your ebook and where people can find this ebook? Uh, it's all about brain health and how to really maximize your brain function. Yeah, the, the title of it is Brain Matters and that they just go to my website, drlindamarquez.com and it's on the very front page there on the homepage. We have a whole list of other free eBooks. They can just download it for free there. And a lot of what we talked about plus more is there. Awesome, awesome. All right, and do you have anything else that you would like to add before we finalize today? Oh, I'm grateful that you're back. <laughs> it's nice to have you back. And I, I always just um, enjoy our time together and just 
Thank you so much for just everything that you do. And I'm just grateful for the people that just share the information and listen to the information and, and share the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Linda. I am very thankful as well to have you and the podcast and being able to really provide this information that even after 11 years of schooling, I didn't even have. <laughs> so it is, <laughs> it is important. It is important to share. It is important to give strategies and it is impo important to really make a, a difference where the difference can actually be made, not as a band-aid, but as a, as, a, as a cure or a, as a solution to the actual problems that are happening today. All right. And with that, I think we're going to let you all go. We will see you next week for another episode, 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Yes. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, please reach out on the chats. Um, we'll be happy to answer. And then also, if you have any suggestions for any topics, we'll be happy to also look into that as well. Thank you for connecting and have a wonderful rest of your day. See you all next week. Bye.